Welcome to a special edition of the Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. Last week I had the opportunity to sit down with Laura, a goal umpire in community football, and discuss the challenges that they face on a week-to-week basis. I really hope that you get something out of this podcast and enjoy it. This is a Podfire production. Okay, so we have a very special edition of the Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. This is a extra edition for this week. And um, today I've got a, a really special guest, somebody that I've known for a long time. Um, her name is Laura and she is a umpire in community footy. So, Laura, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rob. I appreciate it. Excellent. Now, the reason we've got together today, we've been talking about this for a little while now, um, but... It's very topical at the moment with what's going on in the AFL and and conduct and behaviour towards umpires. Now, I know your story. I know what's happened in the past to you as an umpire. But firstly, can you just give us a little bit of a background on on your umpiring experience, what you've done? Yeah, so I started in 2005. (laughs) I had to think then because it was so long ago. Um, Basically, my godfather introduced me to AFL. Um, and I remember being at Port Adelaide and Brisbane game and just the smell of the ground and I thought, oh, that's what I want. I want to be there and part of it. And so back then there weren't a lot of women in football. My family, you know, my brother played but never encouraged me to play because girls weren't playing back then. And then I discovered, I guess, umpiring through a friend. I met um, a fellow umpire who was um, in the quaffle as it was back then and yeah, so I went along to a training and then next thing you know, like a week later or so, I was I was umpiring a couple of weeks later and I think I met yourself um, and you actually, I don't know if you remember, but you actually taught me how to goal umpire. To goal I umpire. Field. Yeah, it's no, not that so hard, is it, Laura? Really? That one's not hard. Yeah, you are. But you, you did, I you, fell in love with it. You, field, you started as a field umpire in juniors? Correct, I did. Um, my first match was for Southport Sharks. I did an under-12s game. Yep. Yeah, and just I loved it, loved yep. it. But even that first game was pretty horrible. And after that, I almost didn't umpire. Um, but to the coach, to the credit of the coach of that team, he came in um, and said to me, you did a really good job, keep at it. You're always going to get people abusing you. It's part of the game. Yeah, look, So yeah. Um, your first game, I, I remember mine so vividly, like, and I did my first game in 1991, 1992, somewhere around there. And I'll never forget that first game either. It, uh, it sticks with you. Um, I remember giving three votes to a kid who shook my hand after the game. I thought, that's good enough. Um, three votes to you, son. But um, don't remember much <laughs> yeah. more of what happened in between. Um, okay, so you, you umpired for – how long have you did you umpire for in Queensland, I guess? Um, oh, goodness. So I umpired 2005-2006. 2005, I got, I think, Junior Umpire of the Year. And then I went overseas in 2007 – so I missed that season um, and then kept going. I met my husband who was in the ADF and so we moved to Newcastle and I think I started Newcastle in 2009. Yep. Yeah, that was right because that was the year that my father passed and umpiring actually really helped me get through that. Um, it gave me purpose and enjoyment and I love, love, loved umpiring in Newcastle. Like they were all amazing. So let's and just then, let's just yep. like – 
look at it in its entirety. You've umpired yep. on and off. You umpired for 16 or 17 years. Correct. Overall, are you happy that you did that? Um, I'm getting emotional already, but I'll say yes. Yes. Because you do lo- learn a lot, don't you, about yourself even as an umpire? Yeah, and I think at, it's funny because when I first started, I had no idea. I had, I had no idea of the direction I could go, what I could be, and how far discipline would get me. And I don't think I was disciplined enough, but I learned discipline. I learned the importance of um, communication even. And also, how can I put it, like when you're in the game, how important it is just to you take your emotion out of the game. It's completely opposite to being a fan as what it is, as what it is to being an umpire. I hundred percent understand that one. Yeah. Um, people don't. For me, it was always, you know, why do you goal umpire? And I say, well, I'm actually on the field doing something. And they go, yeah, but you're only just on yeah, the other exactly. side of the fence. But it's such a big difference that that three feet of being one side of the fence, to the other is just an amazing feeling. Um, okay, yeah, so exactly. a few years ago, um, and look, I guess let's let's preface this with as an umpire we all know that we're not going to make everyone happy every time yep right we know that we are actually trained to handle that kind of stuff as well aren't we exactly like i remember actually i think it was in the first one and i know um rocket you remember rocket um, back on the gold coast he was amazing and he said to me and i think he said to everyone 50 percent go home happy 100 percent hate the umpire and i remember you know that was instilled in me from honestly like probably one of my first training sessions and it does help Um, you it does help you understand what what's coming doesn't it you know and when, when we say they hate the umpire it's not that they hate the umpire and verbally abuse or you know physically abuse the umpire it's just that they don't agree with anything you've done so um and most of them think that their their person that they were there to watch was best on ground and um, the umpire caused everything that went wrong so it's not you know it's not that you feel unsafe but it is that you you know that people aren't going to always be happy and if they do say goodbye to you or anything like that most of the time it's through gritted teeth but that's okay because that's the job that is the job so we understand that um in your early years, as a young lady who was who was umpiring, and I remember I remember vividly you coming to training in those early years because <laughs> like, we didn't have many female umpires and not many that would take the time to come to training twice a week and to learn the craft. Um, by that stage, I'd been around for, for a long time then and I was um, running around with the younger umpires just to give them some experience. So you were a little bit of a um, novelty for us because it was someone that had as much passion as all of us but um, you know, didn't have the same background of the game that we had and you, you'd picked it up at that stage. So you did all that and you, you, you learned a lot about it, but you've ended up now, you, a couple of years ago now, it was, I believe, um, in Victoria, you were goal umpiring again? Correct. So when did we get here? We landed here in May of 2019. Yep. So most of that season was out for us because my husband was doing some training, so I had the kids and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, I started in 2020 and we had a great guy, um, I can't remember his name and he was, yeah, he was really good and I was, I was stoked to get back at it again, but obviously, you know, I don't even think we got one game in and the pandemic hit, but as it turns out, I found out I was pregnant again and (laughs) we weren't sure if I could umpire anyway because of that. So, yeah. So... On that too, because you said about the support you got through there, and I know that you had some uh-huh. a, amazing support through Newcastle as well. Um, 
in general, do you think that the uh, the umpiring group stick together pretty well in that respect? I don't know. I've found some do and some don't. Yep. I think the group that I joined have been together for a very long time. Look, most of them have been welcome, welcoming with open arms. Yep. Um, but they're there but to... it's a different vibe. Yep. But they are there generally there to help you or... Oh, correct. Like if I pretty much said, you know, I was having an issue with something, then yes, there would be someone to help 100%. So there is always that support yep. ne- network within the umpiring yes. groups, just like there is with a football team. If you played for um, Southport or Broadbeach or Morningside, you know, the teams look yep, after correct. themselves. You know, you are part of a team when you do that. So you start umpiring, this is, I think it was 2021 this all happened, wasn't it? Yeah, 2021, yep, so correct. Just a brief overview of what what actually happened. So basically, I was asked to do two games. I don't know if I was asked to do three, but I know we were short of umpires, and I said, "Yep, it was local." I thought I know the area. Um, I think I'd umpired one of the teams before, so yep, thought great. Went along, did my two games. Now, the first game I did, there was a call. I was beautifully underneath the ball, could see it. It was. Um, I think it was out of out of bounds on the full or it was a throne. I forget which one. And so the players came up, two players waited till everyone was down the field, came up and abused me. And I sort of went up, you know, I told my fellow umpires at halftime, I said, if this happens again, I'm walking off because they waited so till everyone say, went. So when you say they abused you, verbally? Verbally abused just me, yes. What? Yeah, and wouldn't, wouldn't leave me alone saying that I was wrong, that what I did was wrong. Um, and then another player actually came up and said, mate, you know, leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And so at halftime, I told my fellow umpires. And then so the field umpires watched it. And then the rest of that game played out okay. But, and, you know, the crowd was pretty animated. There was a was, function going on that day at the club. Like, so there was a lot of alcohol involved. Yep, and it was local footy. It was local footy, yeah, yes. And, we know, and there were more. Yeah, we know that sorry, we have. Yeah. yeah, we know we have. <laughs> Those people, you know, it, it is a great, it's a great environment, local footy, but, you know, they are a little boisterous sometimes. Yeah, and so there were, it was interesting because there were more people there than what there was any grand final I'd umpired <laughs> at in another state. Yep. So it was, it was huge. And, you know, sometimes when you are on stage in front of that, it's really exciting. It's exciting and it makes you want to perform and you're so switched on, you know, I mean, you're always switched on anyway. So that game finished and the game before us, funnily enough, like there was already controversy and there was actually a fist fight between one of the players and the crowd. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was game number one. Game number two had my abuse. And then so game number three, and I'll clarify, I officiated in game number two and game number three. Um, got to half time, and I went down the other end and I walked down and look, you know, we're taught to be from day one, the one thing I took away or take away is to be as professional as possible. So basically, you know, you don't engage with the crowd. Um, you do your job, go in, and then that's it. You go home. And so, you know, a man kind it's really interesting walking up and a man sort of said to me, oh, you guys don't have many umpires, do you? And I, I said, no, mate, we don't. And he goes, oh, I might come down to training and, you know, and this this person as well also was speaking to the boundary umpire and apparently knew him. So fast forward, things were going well, third quarter, and there was a shot and it was just, I was beautifully positioned 
And I saw it perfectly. The field umpire looked at me and I, you know, motioned him over and I said, look, that completely for me was a goal, 100%. He said, yep, I agree. So he ran back out, did the signal, and that was it. And the crowd kind of went, ooh, like the suspense. Yep. And it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> and again, once once that was done, that was it. And then this one man, the one who was speaking to me, like I thought really oddly said, oh, yeah, you know, you guys do a good job. You need more umpires. Just started hurling abuse. So he was a and spectator? So, spectator. Yep. And at first it was, uh, you know, they all they do. They all throw in, oh, you should have gone to Specsavers. You know, <laughs> and that... I find, I find that pretty it's a re- funny. It's a really lame joke, though, isn't it? <laughs> but it is a little funny. Oh, and I find it hilarious, especially when the actual AFL umpires were sponsored by OPSM. Yeah. But, um, okay, so you've had some abuse come to you from the crowd. Um, yep. You've been abused in the first game by the players. What was the b- players' yep. behaviour like in general in that second game? Was it okay or...? I actually have to say it was okay. So they yep. were obviously the next level up and they seem to be more restrained. Look, they were having fisticuffs during it. Yeah. I think I actually reported someone during that game because I can't remember if it was the first or second game. Cause to be honest, during both games, there were fisticuffs, there was like tension, yep. you know, the opposition crowd were hurling disgusting abuse. At, Ab- the pl- I, at the players? Oh, at the players. One thing that was yelled out and I'm pretty sure, no one knew I had kids or anything, but someone yelled out, I'll F your daughter. And I looked at everyone on the field. No one would have had children that would have been of age of consent. Like I have never heard such vile things coming from the crowd in that many years across, and I've umpired in three different states across five different cities. What happened that day? Never, ever have I experienced that before, not even at an AFL game. And you know, that the captain of the home team, like, oh, my gosh, they were going hell for leather at him as well. And he was extremely restrained. He, um, even when the fisticuffs were happening, like, he wasn't, I would say, actively engaging. He was just trying to defend himself. I never, I don't, I don't think I ever saw him do anything that was reportable. I can 100% say that. But I was just, like, shocked. Yep. Absolutely shocked. Because it wasn't a, like, oh, you know, You've got nothing. My nonna kicks better than that or anything like that. It was just straight out and out just, disgusting. So you're getting abused from over the boundary line? Yep, yep, yep. Um, and how long did that go on for in that game? So comes to three-quarter time, I walked to the centre and I said, I'm just copying it down there. It's absolutely disgusting. And I told my fellow uh, goal umpire, and he was great, and he said, look, don't worry about it. He goes, oh, yeah, I know I know that guy, he was talking to me or whatever else. And I said, yeah, it's just, it's full on. Because it was along the lines of pretending to call Chelsea Roffey and saying, oh, you know, oh, you should come down here. But then it was the, you're not good enough. You suck. You're terrible. What are you doing here? You think you're so good. You think you should be in the AFL, but you're not. And it just kept getting worse and worse. So I was, I was okay because, you know, I thought, yep, let's just get the last quarter done and that's it. Okay. So in the fourth quarter, the, the abuse obviously continued. It did, and it even got to the point where someone walked up to him and said, look, you know, said his name, said, mate, leave her alone, and the exact words were, she's had enough, she's had enough. He said, leave her alone, you've done, you know, you've done enough, and that made me feel better, so I'm like, okay, cool, and then another guy walks up, and he sounded like he was younger, and they both keep going at me, and it's going and going and going, and then all of a sudden, 
this younger guy yells out, you deserve her, and then what sounds like the word for sexual assault. And I stopped and I froze. And the crowd, what surprised me, the crowd went quiet. Like no one said anything. And, you know, that's one thing I remember. And I just thought, oh, shit, shit, please don't let, please don't let the ball come down this end because I can't signal, I can't do anything. Please don't let the ball come down this end. And thankfully, like it wasn't. And then... Yeah, I just thought, what am I going to do? And then the guy yells, like, "Oh no, 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 no! I meant, I meant vape. You, you yeah. know, like um, um, yeah, yeah, go get a vape, go get a vape." Yeah. And I'm like, this makes no sense. So and then I thought, no, you, he did say what I thought he said. He did say that to me. Yeah. You know. So obviously, you know, you obviously you're four or five hours into a long day of umpiring as well, which yep. isn't easy to start with. With all, you know, anyone who's umpired has had those days. Um, yep. what happened after, like after the, did you umpire the next week? Um, so I was due to umpire. I told, so I obviously emailed my coach. I told my coach what happened and I emailed and I also made sure I included the, um, our regions, like our umpire coach, sorry, cause I had my, um, goal coach and then. Yeah, so I told them about it. And then I was due to umpire a game. And on the way there, I was six minutes away from the ground. And I I had a major, major anxiety attack. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was just going to, I don't know, I guess you could say puke everywhere. I, I was frozen. I couldn't drive. I pulled over, tried to collect myself. And then I messaged him and I said, I'm, I messaged my coach, I mean, and I said, I'm so sorry, I can't, I can't do it. I don't know if that was a week or two after. And that, was um, your, that was your next appointment. But that, yeah, that was my next one. And, and I have said, you umpired since? I've done one women's game and that was it. And I did have an anxiety attack on the way there, but I managed to get through it, which yep. I'm really proud of. Yeah, of but course. I haven't umpired since. I was meant to do the next week. And then I said, um, no, I apologize. I did a Friday night under 19s game. And then. I was meant to umpire the next day because, again, really short doing – and yep. I said, I'm sorry, I'd hurt my knee. And my knee was sore, but normally I'd just push through it. Yep. Like normally the there anxi- would be nothing the anxiety had become me. The anxiety had become too much, hadn't it? It become too much. And at that point, it I think it started to control a fair portion of my life. Yeah, outside of, outside of the yep. games, yeah. Yep. yep, it seeped out, yep. So we, I listened to this and – I look. I am very, very, very passionate about the respect for umpires, um, and I don't think the shortage of umpires Australia wide. I don't think there's much you need to look into as to why. And I think your story, what you're telling me, is exactly why we struggle to keep umpires at lower grades. In two games on one day, you had uh, players firstly abuse you, and then you had spectators abuse you at a, at a local football game. The system, yep. in my mind, the system has let you down because neither of those things should happen. And that is why we've got the AFL coming out now saying we've got to show respect to the umpires. Um, and yep. as I said at the start, I don't know if they've gone too far or not. Maybe they have, but maybe they have to go too far to get a point across. Because I recently had a chat with a umpiring development manager up here who said that the behaviour of, of players has improved. And when the player's behaviour improves, the spectator's behaviour improves. Because a lot of the time, 
If you, you said, uh, I love the word fisticuffs, by the way. Um, <laughs> you said that there was a little bit of angst in that game. Well, yep. that spills into the crowd. If there's no angst in the game, if the players are well behaved and, you know, then the crowd is well behaved. And yep. um, so it sounds to me like it's certainly you've fallen into that category and unfortunately then fallen into the category of people that, that drift away from umpiring because of the, of the behaviour that they received. I want to yep. talk about something else, though around this because if I can share me for me I don't have kids yeah um I don't have an affiliation with any football club up here in Queensland but I took on umpiring because I love the game no other reason right and I think that's why we all start umpiring and um people say oh you know the umpires get paid and all the rest of it but I want you to go through just a little bit in a week what do you give up to be an umpire? So start with training. When, when would training generally be? So training we do – well, goal umpires aren't required to go two nights, but it's one night. Right. Um, I, I would try and go two if it was there. But, like, for instance, one of my kids does swimming on a Thursday yeah. night. And yeah, I remember – There's life you – know, you, you mean you've got a life outside of football? Yeah. yeah like okay. I had <laughs> – I actually have a life, <laughs> contrary to what you believe. No, no. <laughs> And so, like, one night it was, I remember when my husband, this is going to sound so wrong, but when he booked the swimming on a Thursday night, I'm like, babe, that's when I have training. <laughs> and I said, after last year, I want them to know that I'm serious because I have this major guilt because I've pulled out a game. Yeah. And I'm too scared and embarrassed to say that I'm still don't feel safe at games, yeah. even though logically my mind is telling me. And oh, that's look, you're the battle safe. between you're the logic safe, and the mental health. That's right. You know, but that's it's – and anyway, so – No one can I tell want, you how to feel. No, and I want I want to show how committed I am yep. because that's who I used to be. Yep. But how much like, – so you'd go to training – I didn't I didn't get married during football season because oh. I didn't want it to affect that. And plus, yeah. who does that? I was going to say, who does that? I got married a week <laughs> after the grand final and I was um, on the edge of my seat hoping that there wasn't a draw. Um, but you go training, <laughs> yeah. right? You go training. Yeah. So you were going once a week, but a field umpire would go twice a week? Correct. Right. So you'd Correct. go there. Where? How far away from home was training? Luckily, it's only about 15 minutes. Yep. Um, so, you know, I think on the Gold Coast, it was a half hour in yep. Brisbane. I didn't get there much because it was a half hour. Same in Western Sydney. Yep. You know, right. um, Newcastle, it didn't matter. I didn't have kids, didn't have any responsibilities. Yeah. I was there twice a week. Yep. So you go to training. How long was training for? Oh, gosh. Now you're testing me. It, 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 oh, this is terrible. I forget which state I'm in sometimes. Oh, just, but basically just roughly. Some, some, Look, between an hour and an hour and a half. Yep. Um, down here in Melbourne, I think it's like an hour. Yep. And then, you know, sometimes, again, it would be two hours. Um, sometimes you'd stay back and a couple times because I just want to be the best I can. I would yep. try and get tips from different people, you know. So sometimes it can be easily two hours. Yep. And then we get, we're just going to, for the for all intents and purposes, you do, yep. one, you do one game on a Saturday. Correct, yes. So what kind of time... Are you giving up for that? So basically, if I have to be there, at, if I have a 12 o'clock game, I like to be there around about 11. Yep. And then, so for senior games, again, it's 45 minutes to an hour. I like to be there an hour before. So that if there's any issues, anything I need to, you know, find or do. Yep. And then couple you'd of be hours travelling. The game? Yeah. A couple of hours so for the like game. And then two, after the game? Two and a half hours. After the game, oh, 
you don't have to spend that long, but I'd say between 15 to 30 minutes. Yep. And then you could be you could have travelled anything up to how long to get to the game as well? Well, before the anxiety, I'd be happy to tra- travel an hour. Yep. Um, you so know, but we... look, let's just say around 20 to 30 minutes. Yep. yep. Okay, so we've done that game. We've been to training once as, yep. a, as a goal umpire. Um, so what kind of remuneration, we'll call it, what, how much do they um, give you for between that game? I think depending on which level, maybe let's just say average, maybe $45, maybe 50 if you're lucky. And but that's not that's not the top level no, no, for no. But, like state league. Yeah, but but we, yeah. But we need umpires in every game, don't we? So Yep, yep, so yep. So about forty five fifty. So for your fifty dollars you've given up ninety minutes, let's say, for training. Yep. Um, two and a half hours on game day. Sorry, three and a half hours on game day there. So that's five yep. hours. Travel an hour uh, an hour, say worth of travel. Yep. So we're looking at about six hours. Haven't paid for petrol. No. Nope. And it's you got fifty dollars. So it's what I'm trying to say there is you're not doing it for money, are you? No, not at all. Oh, not no, to be not rich. At all. Not at all. No. <laughs> so, no. so you know, I mean, whilst it's it's great, and look, I as I said, you know, I umpired a long time ago as well, but um, I enjoyed the little bit of money at the end of the at the end of the month. That was that was fantastic. Yeah, but yep. it wasn't the reason we that I, I can't think of anyone that would do it for for that money. No, not when like you're our age as well. Like as a teenager, say you're fifteen. What are you or saying? 16, you're getting you're that saying, much money. Awful. Are you saying I'm old? <laughs> saying I'm like if I was American, I'd plead the fifth right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I've already given it away that I've known you for almost twenty years, and you started umpiring. So, and I'm I was fair five f- when I started yeah, umpiring. Yeah, true. So. I, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you know that's not the reason that we do it, and no, not we, at we all. go out there for the love of the game. That's what I'm. Yeah. And and Laura, I've known you. Well, it must have been two thousand and five if that's when you started umpiring. So I've known you since yep. that day. And when I when I met you, I was one of the old umpires. I'd come back from injuries and things like that, and and my job was basically to um, run around with the younger umpires and give them a bit of confidence. So I've known you since yeah. that day, and I know what kind yep. of person you are, and that's why. Um, your story is very important to me because you are a very passionate person who tries to do the best in everything they do. And yep. it's, you know, look, even at the time, um, you know, I'm probably 15 years older than you. So to connect, for me to connect with a younger person like I did with you, it's not easy for me because, um, yeah, there's quite an age, there's a generational gap there. Yeah. Um, yep. So, but I've always found it very easy because you are so passionate about what you do and you always were trying to improve the game improve yourself to be best for the game why did you want why do you want to tell your story today well you have told your story and it's a a remarkable story yeah well i think for me it's like back then back when we started like i don't even remember and i still have this vision of the carrara saints whatever it's called now i can't remember where we used to train yeah, because they've changed your name yep. a couple of times. But where we used to train, and I remember back then they had the campaign, we're not playing for sheep stations. Yep. And they had that big sign out there. And I noticed the change that it brought about in the crowd, in the parents and community footy. And I thought, how good's that? But yep. I think something similar needs to happen for umpire abuse. I don't think people are aware of how bad it is and how it affects people, how it affects their everyday life. 
you know. And so I want to, if I can stop someone going through what I've been through, even if it's just one person, then I've done my job. If I can save one young kid, you know, from going through a traumatic experience when they're umpiring, because like, I mean, you and I have spoken about this, you know, umpires get punched in the face. Yeah, that was me. That was was you. And also another one um, who was one of our excellent, brilliant umpires, who was one of my um, coaches in Brisbane, same thing, field umpire, you know, and I kind of, it just blows me away that this happens. And back then it wasn't publicised, none of that was happening, but the change wasn't happening. The respect wasn't there. The realisation that certain behaviours aren't acceptable wasn't there, but now it is, you know, and I feel like the AFL needs to do more. Because if you were umpiring today, we would not be yep. 6,000 umpires short. We would be 5,999. Not at all. You know? And I feel like it's more than 6,000 in my opinion because I could easily, if I wanted to, I could easily do three games back to back. I was going to say that, yeah. say, yep, you know, and then, but that's not even, so people don't realise they say three games, but they're not also counting the Friday night game and then the Sunday night game. So in one weekend at the moment, we could easily have one person doing five games or more. Let's let's pull this back to what's happening yep. in the AFL at the moment, and that mm. is the the crackdown on behaviour towards umpires. Um, and let's forget the extremes that they've gone to, but just the fact that yep. they're acknowledging yep. that then something needs to be done. How important is that? Yep. Oh, so incredibly important. And it makes me a bit angry that it's gotten to this stage before the AFL and Guild have taken notice. Yep. But they've got to take notice. There's, at some point yep. it's got to happen. And yep. Yep. I feel personally that we might have hit that spot. Yep, and you know what? The positive is that they're doing something because they could be burying the head in the sand. And, you know, people say a lot, oh, there's no advertising, there's no this and there's no that. Yes, it is there in the community. I have see it. They do the whole, especially for umpiring in women, they do the whole, oh, bring a girlfriend along, you know, female friend along to training. Let's get the word out there. You know, they have uh, female umpire well, not wellness, what's the word? Welfare officers, yep. you know. They really are trying to recruit people. Um, and, and I believe it's always been there, you know. They oh. haven't done, you know, say on TV, which is maybe what people are expecting, but there's links, there's stuff on Facebook. It is there. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there because yeah, it's there, but it's in the background too much. And this is actually bringing it into the, into the mainstream um, I guess the mainstream media and and everything that goes yep, with it, yep, and yep. it's and it's getting the spotlight that it it needs to get. Um, yep. You, I don't know. Have you heard about the white card system that they're using up here in Queensland at the moment? Actually, no, I haven't. So they they're now got a situation where the umpires have a white card, like they had red and yellow cards. Yep. Um, and they got a white card, which is to be issued to the bench if the bench is going off their nutter at umpires. Awesome. 50-metre um, penalty for the second offence. First offence is a warning. 50-metre yep. penalty yep. for the second offence. And coach, head coach is ejected after the third offence. And he, he may not have even said anything. It's just the bench. He ta- he is responsible for that wow. bench. Wow. I feedback, think that's awesome. Yeah, look, and the feedback they're getting on that is that it's it certainly made a difference. I think they told me that there was three white cards issued and only one of them was a second offence in the first two wow. weeks of the competition. That's awesome. Where... And that's another thing that I, I think that if there is anyone listening to this that is a coach or a trainer or anyone that sits in a, in a dugout during a match, you guys are – and I'm talking junior football here, sorry. You guys are the most important people on that ground because the, um, the players will take their lead from the behaviour of the coach's yep. box 
and the spectators will take their lead from the pl- the players' behaviour. So um, yep. they're very important that. So I think that that's another a great thing. I what do you, what would you love to see umpiring become? I would love it to be so popular that we are fighting for those spots. Like, you know, back when, um, I don't want to mention his name, but back when I started, we had a fantastic coach and he put up with a lot of crap and that's how it used to be. He would choose the best. And, you know, I used to get worried I'd get picked just because I'm a girl and it looks good to have a girl in there, but he would put me where I was best at. So if it was under 12 one week, if it was under 14s one week, and I remember chatting to him one week saying, oh gosh, have I done something wrong? And he's like, no, no, Laura, it's just this person is better. He said, you need to work on this. But I want it to be back to that where there are so many umpires. We're so passionate. We're training so hard. We're a group. We're, you know, supporting each other. I mean, you don't have to like everyone, but that's fine you know just that support and whatever that we are fighting to even get the best game every week whereas I feel like now they're so desperate like I got offered a a high grade and I remember thinking goodness I didn't have (laughs) the second half of last year because of the pandemic because you know hey let's live in the world's most locked down city um come to Queensland yeah Um, (laughs) I I miss sunshine (laughs) oh look Hey, but you live down in the you live down in the football capital. I I think I'd oh, I'd trade you to be honest, as long as I, I can love take my cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, um, but yeah, I'd I'd love to have it back then. Like, and we had, and I want to make it clear. I know this is a bit off topic. The support I had when I first started, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Three main guys like you, and then Rocket, and then you know our head coach, all yeah. fantastic, all encouraged me, but also said this is what you need to do. Like I remember Rocket pulling me aside one day and saying, "Laura, you've got to work on your fitness." <laughs> okay, so I went back and did it. But you know, there are so many that I think. So many good rocket <laughs> stories so in this world. Oh, we could do a whole podcast. <laughs> we, we, I think we could do a sitcom on rocket. Um, oh, and Lenny too. Same thing. Lenny yeah. was just. Oh, he was gentleman, you know, wasn't he? Oh, and yeah. how he dealt with everything. And, yeah. you know, back to the coaching thing. Do you remember that coach where I don't think at Labrador, I don't know if they won a game or they won one game, but he got coach of the year. Yes, I and do remember this. team was not good on field. But everyone voted him and he had respect for the umpires. And respect for the I'm, opposition, respect for his players, yeah. respect, respect for everyone. Okay. You, got, and, and that was fantastic, yeah. You've Sorry, gone off topic. Talking. And you did tell me before, <laughs> pull me up if I go off topic. So um, I'm going to pull you up because I, what I really want as a almost to close this off is yep. if we get this right and people, the AFL complain about it, fans complain about it, coaches yep. want to complain about it, but the standard of umpiring they don't. They don't believe, you know, every time that it's up to the standard in the AFL. Yep. We get this right in, in community footy. Yep. How does it help those umpires? Oh, I or how think does it help it the game? Has... Sorry. How does it help the game? Oh, gosh. How can you put it into words? Like, I believe we have the greatest game in the world. We do. And look, I lived overseas. I went to a, a football match, which is soccer, and they're passionate and they're good. But I still came away. We still have the greatest game in the world. And I think it's just if we can make it even better, you yeah. know, it will just – and think... it's more It's more than a game. Yep. It is about community. It is about camaraderie. It is what got me through the pandemic. Watching football, watching that. So it's more than just a game. You said before, though, you said um, Mm. what I'd love to see is people fighting for position. Yep. If 
we get that happening and that's the nirvana mm. in community footy, it's yep. surely got to improve the standard of umpiring a lot because everybody's going to want to be better. A hundred percent. Even something as simple as when I first started, you had your socks up, you had your shirt tucked in. When I was a field umpire, you looked professional. You gave them nothing to pick apart. But now, now I I'm think a slob. the standard has dropped. Yeah, they don't care. People will turn I'm up a to slob games. Now. Like people won't turn up to games. I'm not commenting on that. Okay. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to help overall, and it'll give people more of a sense of professionalism as well. And I think that's so important in umpiring. I sit here today. Um, I started umpiring when I was 20 years old, I think it was. Yep. And uh, I sit here today as someone who is 30 years older than 20, um, one year older <laughs> than 49. Um, and I sit here today and I think to myself that many of the life skills I have now were developed through umpiring. Yep. So I never made it to the top. I never made it to the AFL. I had dreams of it like we all do. But I learned so much through that time that has helped me deal with people and everything like that. And what I want to make 100% clear here to everybody that may get the chance to listen to this, and it may be one person, it may be no one, um, I don't, I really don't care. But what I want to get across is that what the incident we talked about with you was the final straw. It, it wasn't. Was, it's it, not an isolated yeah. incident. It was the worst of a of a bunch, but umpires are forced to put up with this on a week in week out basis. So, and as we said, it's not. This isn't about Laura on her own. This is about every umpire that goes out this next weekend, who went out last weekend, and more importantly, the ones that went out three or four years ago that aren't going out now. That we really need to change the perception of what is acceptable to say to an umpire. Or to how to act with an umpire. Is that does that resonate with you? A hundred percent. Like I think back to my first game under twelves at Southport Sharks. The reason the coach came in to me and had a chat to me was because I was coming off the field and the opposition water boy had to be physically restrained by a man. And this was a grown man. Hang on, we're talking under twelves here, aren't we? Under 12s, under 12s, yeah, very first ever game, Um, you know, no one else. And so back then it was just a field umpire and I was walking off the field and he was, he was coming up to me physically, verbally abusing me and a man had to stand in between us and hold him back. That was my first game. So it didn't start great? Not at all. You went on for 15, 16 years. Yeah, I wasn't going to umpire again, but to the credit of that coach, he came into the room, yeah. he sat down next to me, and he did say, Laura, look, you know, you did make one um, incorrect call, he said, but you did it consistently, so it doesn't matter. He yeah. said, my team adapted, and he said it didn't change the outcome of the game. He right. said it wasn't that bad. He said, don't worry, get back out there, do it again, you're always going to cop this. Yeah. So in a way, I accepted it. And then last year, even up to, you know, Western Sydney, a player came up to me and threatened me and said, if we lose this game because of you, and he was taller than me, he was bigger than me, and again, an opposition player had to come up to him and say, mate, leave yep. her alone. And that's what I wanted to you know? make sure people understood, that this yep. wasn't just no. one incident and we throw the no. throw the toys out of the cot. Um, no. This is This is a regular occurrence. This one that you described before is yep. probably the worst that I've heard of through yourself. But yep. I know that there's been plenty of other ones that that go with that. Yeah, I, I like to put it put um, to people listening as well that you know there's no other there's not many games in the world where we have a 
a level where we tolerate abuse towards officials. Um, but in in um, AFL, you know, it's it seems to be accepted, and the lower the levels go, the the more rabid it becomes. We yep. need to get to a situation where, look, I, I, I I'm a Victorian, moved to Queensland. I've been introduced to rugby union. They call their referee sir. Right? Yeah, that never happens. No, I don't think we yeah, want to get no. to that stage. I mean, I, I still, you know, one of my favourite things about umpiring was the rapport I was able to build with players. You still want to be able yeah. to, to build that rapport. But, uh, and I, if I was umpiring today, I would love for a player to come up in a break in play and ask me why did I make a decision. Yeah. Um, that would, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. And I don't think yep, there's an yep. umpire out there that would have a problem with that at all. No, no, not but at all. When arms get thrown in people's faces and vulgar words get used, and I'm talking about the players here, um, you know, it does no good. And I can't believe that um, it's something that has taken so long. You know, 100 and what are we now? 164 years of Australian oh, yeah. football. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's well, taken that long. 170, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Laura. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, no, thank you, Rob, because this has absolutely shattered me and I'm a shadow of the person that I was. Like when you spoke about why I umpired and what it gave me, I didn't realise, but it gave me confidence. It gave me a sense of belonging and it did. It made up my identity because yeah. I love football and I'm too scared to play because, you know, I'm just... <laughs> Those old. women, they are just, oh, they go hard and it's good to watch, but... <laughs> I'm too scared. No, Laura, you're too old yeah. to play now. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I've got no comeback. No, no, because if you're too old, I'm way past it. But that's okay. <laughs> but look, and as yeah. I said, I've known you for those. For the, I knew you from day one from when you walked in as an yep. umpire. And you may not realise how much confidence and things that you gained out of umpiring, but I, I've seen it. And, um, you know, we're just friends that have, you know, no matter where you've been around the country, we've always had a yeah. chat every now and again and yep. talked yep. about footy and um, your sons against my lines, which uh, <laughs> go the lines. But, you know, that, that, that's what it's about. And yeah. i got a friend out of this. I've got plenty of friends out of umpiring. you got a husband and kids out of umpiring. I actually did. So, you know, when you so talk about that the... That was kind of like my line. Well, I have to go now because I have to umpire. <laughs> and it's like, well, well, can I see you again? Maybe I'll be at this game. <laughs> well, actually, it was the Adelaide-Brisbane game we went to um, and met up after. But, yeah, no, I did. I got a husband and beautiful family. And it was yeah. great that no matter where I went in the country, I had that connection. You yep. know, that was... And I am so blessed that I got to meet the Newcastle guys and the Gold yep. Coast guys. And, you know, my coach now, he's amazing. Like, yeah. he's been awesome with all of this. So I, I'm very grateful, very grateful for everything umpires, umpiring has given me. I mean, even one more thing. Sorry, Rob. No, um, it's okay. You know, I umpired the first time. I think I'm pretty sure it was the first time they had Auskick kids, you know, on the ground, 2005 grand final. I was chosen to represent uh, Queensland and do that. Like who? I forgot now, about that. I a lot of people do that, but yeah, you think who does that? But now, the opportunity who does it? Up and I was I was the only female, and yeah, there's three or four just, people a year that do it. There's not that many. Oh, so amazing, you know, amazing to umpire on the MCG, Auskick or an AFL Grand Final on a Grand Final day is pretty yeah. impressive. So oh, I forgot yes. about that. I do remember. I remember that we had a, a huge meeting was it was <laughs> held on the Gold Coast with the umpiring um, committee at the time because I was part of the committee yeah. and um, we were blown away that they had recognised you through AFL Queensland had recognised yeah. you as, as someone who could handle that so yeah that's another 
amazing story. Look, um, again, I've got to go because yes. uh, it's almost time. <laughs> but um, thank you. Oh, your story is amazing. Um, and I hope that if anyone listens to this and makes a um, decision to change, either change their behaviour or, more importantly, call out someone else's behaviour at a game. And remember that um, that person umpiring, that could be your child, could be your wife, could be your husband, could be your brother, could be your sister, or could just be a normal person like anyone else. So thanks, Laura. And um, thank you. Keep enjoying your footy. Thank you so much. I will. As no long worries. as the Suns maybe win. <laughs> okay, I'm cutting you off now. <laughs> That concludes our special edition of the Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to Laura's story. Her passion for the game and umpiring is undeniable. Enjoy your footy this weekend and hopefully your team has a great day. But just remember there's a lot of people that go behind the scenes to make our great game what it is today. See you later. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Platinum Standard Grading. The future of grading has arrived.